the sound environment animal of the week. And hey there, Mr. Happy Squid, you move so psychedelically. You hypnotize with your magic dance all the animals in the sea, for what sure. Is our animal of the week? Yeah, this week I thought I'd talk, better talk about Aeroganji. Lots of people are getting stung at the moment. Um, it's something you have to be aware of, for sure. I was talking to one of the uh, trauma nurses in the hospital today and she was saying they were getting around four to six Irigangi victims coming in per week. I went swimming on the weekend as well. I wish I had have known that. Yeah, she said uh, off Town Beach and the Catalinas, like in the bay there really, not from cables so much, uh, in that muddy, calm water. Yeah. Um, so you have to be pretty careful about that. <clears throat> and what that, do Irigangi look like? Oh, they're tiny. They're the, like the size of a sugar cube. About one cubic centimetre. And, and they're pretty small. Yeah. They're hard t- to see. Very hard to see. Almost invisible. Almost uh, indestructible and pretty deadly. Almost indestructible. But they're jellyfish. How can they How can they be almost indestructible? Are they titanium reinforced or something? Oh, they have that ability to, to just collapse and reform and do all sorts of amazing what? things. Like a, like a transformer. They can... What do you mean by collapse and reform? Well, they, they have one term, which is the zombie jellies. <laughs> when these jellyfish die, you know, they're basically dead, but then some of the cells can leave the jellyfish and find the other cells that leave it and reform into a new jellyfish. No way. So they're basically immortal. <laughs> you cannot kill them. That's, that's really, really scary. Yeah, it is pretty scary. Yeah. So there's been a big debate about what to do when you get stung by, by a ganja or a box jellyfish for that matter. Um, the debate is ongoing. They haven't really figured out exactly what to do, but they're saying that um, if you put vinegar on a box jellyfish stings, it actually makes it worse. Um, but if you put vinegar on uh, irigangi, it might actually make it better. Okay. <clears throat> so vinegar for irigangi. Yeah, the reason why is because uh, vinegar inactivates stings that haven't fired off yet. Okay. So you might have some lying on you that haven't gone off yet. So the vinegar will stop those from going off. But the ones that have gone off, the vinegar can cause another 60% more venom to come out of the stings that have already fired off. Uh, so, so it's a bit of guessing at how many stings you already have and how many stings, unfired off stings you might yeah, have. Yeah, a bit of a catch-22 there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, I would say from what I've just read, I'd say with the irigangi, yeah, put some vinegar on it, you're probably better off. Because their tentacles are really small, um, they're likely to hit you, probably all their stings. I don't know. We'll find out more. (laughs) Research is ongoing. Yeah, it's ongoing. So the first guy in Australia who actually discovered that Irigangi were bad for you was an amazing guy called Jack Barnes in 1964. And the Irigangi syndrome, you know, that's when you get stung and then Mm -hmm. you, you sort of have this massive adrenaline surge and you go into cramps and convulsion and you think you're going to die and extreme pain and all those symptoms they're all called the irigangi syndrome and uh, this guy you know in queensland swimmers were getting that syndrome and they couldn't work out what it was so he actually got a little irigangi and then sat down on the beach with his (laughs) with his son and a lifeguard just three of them and he intentionally stung himself with an irigangi oh no way and he just about died (laughs) but he put his life on the line he did what a character and then he he realised that yeah that's the problem yeah all I wonder those... how many other marine items he you know he got a, a sting from before he hit on the one that was causing the irigangi syndrome. I don't know. He must be a pretty tough guy. Cause I he, reckon so. Yeah, 
So he he sacrificed himself for science and discovered that those little jellyfish were really really hurt. But he was in the he was all right in the end. Did you say? Yeah, apparently he survived. Yeah, mm. yeah. So the Irrigangi venom is a hundred times worse than a cobra snake bite. Whoa. It's a thousand times stronger than a tarantula bite. It's the most toxic venom known on the planet. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, more toxic than box jellyfish even. But box jellyfish have much, much bigger tentacles and can whack you with a lot more venom, uh-huh. yeah, being the difference. Um, boxes can kill you in four minutes flat. People have died within two minutes from a box jellyfish, so if you get stung by a boxer, you're in real trouble. Mm. Yeah, get to hospital as soon as you can and keep the person breathing, basically. Yeah. So uh, I started to look at how irigangi uh, regenerate and reproduce. Mm. How do these terrifying little animals make more of themselves other than what we were saying before? You can, if they get smashed up, they can just sort of re yeah. stick to each other and. Zombie jellyfish. Zom- oh. Yeah. Sorry. Other than being, jo- uh, you know, being zombie jellyfish, how can they reproduce? <clears throat> well, if you think, think of every possible way of reproducing that you've ever heard of, and they can do it. They can do everything going that nature has to offer. So, you know, they can be hermaphrodites, a lot of them clone really quickly, they do external fertilization. They do self-fertilisation. They also do courtship and copulation. They do courtship? Yeah. <laughs> How does one little jellyfish court another? I mean, does it enter the Galari Valentine's Day giveaway? Or? <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> well, the boxies and the Irrigandies are actually quite an advanced form of jellyfish, so they actually have um, a sort of primitive brain. They also have eyes. They can see. They can move. They can move like uh, 21 feet per minute or something. They could actually move and swim around. So they can actively hunt things down. So they're not just a blob floating around in the current. No, they're a blob with... They'd be eyes are more like just motion sensing cells. Oh, I know they've got retinas. They're more advanced than what we first realised. Really? Yeah, yep. so they can actually see things, yeah. And the irrigangia themselves have got the stinging cells all over the bell as well, as not just the tentacles. So even if you touch the head, you can get stung. Oh, dear. Yeah, it gets worse. Oh. <laughs> so did you have any more information about how one Irukandji courts another? or? or? Um, couldn't find that detailed information. It's probably unknown to science. There's very There's little. There's going to be some mysteries still. They're, they're such a mysterious animal. The, the big problem is that um, they know they lay eggs occasionally. They do both, you know, uh, sexual reproduction and asexual reproduction. So they lay the eggs. The eggs hatch into a little polyp, and the polyp settles onto a hard surface. Now, the problem is... You know, before humans really took over the world, there wasn't many hard surfaces left in the ocean because all the rocks and everything was covered up with, with other growth. So there's very few places for polyps to settle. But now we've got um, moorings and, and boats and ah. pylons and, and buoys. We're making little jellyfish nurseries. Perfect places for polyps to settle. I see. Yeah. And once a polyp has settled down onto a hard surface where it's comfortable and safe, it can sit there and just pump out baby jellyfish. They're stacked up like a stack of coins inside the polyp. So when the conditions are right, they just pump out a few more baby jellyfish and they can do it really quickly. Um, yeah, so the problem is now there's lots of hard services, lots of good places for polyp colonies to form and we can have big blooms all the time because of that. Yeah. Oh, is, there, is there any way that you know this jellyfish tide will be stemmed anytime soon? Uh, yeah, a lot of different studies on that. Um, it, a lot of it depends on... They don't like ocean acidification. Mm, most of the ocean animals <clears throat> don't, though. Corals don't like that either. Yeah, that's right. Well, the same family. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Corals and jellies are the almost the same thing. Um, yeah, so that that uh, research is still ongoing now, more and more, because so, they're finding that the irrigation engines in the boxes are actually hitting down the Queensland coast uh-huh. with uh, the warming ocean currents. Mm-hmm. So they actually found one in Sydney Harbour oh, uh, last year. Mm. So, yeah, it's not looking really good. But with that ocean acidification, are you saying we might lose the corals, but we could have less jellyfish as well? The way it's looking, mate. (laughs) Probably nothing else in the ocean either. The way it's looking, the the world has been taken over by jellyfish. It's not getting better. It's getting way, way worse. I mean, these animals are so amazing that when they run out of food, say food gets really short, um, they just degrow. They what? They degrow. They degrow. So it's exactly the same jellyfish, but it just gets smaller. Same proportions and everything just gets smaller. And when the food supply picks up again, they get bigger again. Look, I'm, I personally am ready to bow down to our marine overlords. Jellyfish. <laughs> Soon to come. So these um, these uh, jellyfish polyps that I'm talking about that settle on the hard surfaces, one of them settles in, uh, in America, in Virginia, and it's been there since 1935, pumping same out... same polyp. Same polyp colony, pumping out baby jellyfish since 1935, still alive and strong and kicking today. That's horrifying. That's how tough these things are, yeah. And you can chop them up into pieces, and each piece will grow back into a new jellyfish. Oh, you're giving me nightmares, Jason. So very, very, very hard <laughs> to kill. Yeah, and they don't even need oxygen. They actually thrive in deoxygenated waters, like dead zones. Oh, what, really? Yeah, this is horror movie stuff, hey? How can they survive without oxygen? Um, well, they have such a uh, efficient metabolism, they can sort of function with very little oxygen at like, all. Oh, so in, in low oxygen environments, not no oxygen. They also they be at the surface and they'll absorb lots of oxygen, and then they'll dive down into dead zones where there is no oxygen at all, and they can still survive because they've still got the oxygen absorbed into their bodies. Oh, wily little creatures! These these jellyfish. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Ninjas of the of the deep all I can say is if you're going swimming at Town Beach or the Catalans just don't just wear a stinger suit and you know don't get stung on the neck <laughs> it's probably the worst place you can get stung near your heart well, Jason thank you for another terrifying animal of the week sorry that wasn't that was quite terrifying that one <laughs> it wasn't too funny <laughs>